What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 163 of Just an Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. Uh, now, before we go any further, there's just something I want to kind of get into and I want to address uh, that came out sort of last week. It actually came out on the day that the uh, last week's episode was released, so didn't get a chance to kind of talk about it and address it then. And I think it's important that we do so. Um, it may sort of already kind of be out of people's minds a little bit, which gives even more reason why it needs to be spoken about and carried on being spoken about. Um, if you're part of the UK music scene, I'm sure you're probably aware, but just due to the nature of who this week's guest is, and I know that we do have international listeners as well, then I wanted to kind of bring this up. But uh, last week, a very prominent record label owner has been, sorry, had been outed um, as a rapist and a sexual abuser. Uh, the accounts that come forward were fucking disgusting, and this person has proven to be an absolute piece of shit. Um, we currently understand that he's taking legal action, but I'm sure if you kind of wanted to to find out in more detail what I'm talking about, it's not that hard to find. You can kind of put the pieces together and the survivors accounts I'm pretty sure are still online um just a warning if you do want to seek them out that they're not a nice read they kind of involve obviously as I mentioned kind of discussion of rape uh predatory behavior stalking um and yeah it's they're not pleasant reads but I just kind of wanted to say from my perspective obviously we stand with the survivors uh this shit cannot be tolerated in our scene anymore it kind of seems to be not happening regularly more regularly but we kind of keep seeing these accounts crop up more and more where prominent white men in the scene are abusing their their position to to prey on women um but not just women on on kind of any sort of people of trans non-binary lgbtq plus sort of positions in society they're still being shunned out of our scene and the whole point of the alternative music scene is that it's meant to be welcoming and safe and we're not doing enough to do that and this is proof of that yet again um personally i've kind of donated some money to a rape crisis fund which was put onto me by a very very dear friend of mine um i'll put links in the show notes if that's something you wish to do as well but I just kind of wanted to bring this to the attention because, as I say, we need to do everything in our power to make the scene safe for everyone. It's clearly still not the case. Um, I'm just one person. I don't know how we can do that. And I hope that there's people kind of putting processes and things in place to to make sure it does. If there's any way that I can help, I will. Um but yeah, I just want to say fuck that piece of shit and I hope the survivors are getting the support and everything that they, they need at this time. So yeah, right, let's get on to the bit more enjoyable note, uh, stuff, sorry, um, just a quick note before we get on to this week's guest. Um, as I mentioned on the last couple of episodes, I've decided to give myself even more work and I've started a new podcast called Punks on the Pitch. It's where football meets gross alternative music um we've now officially launched we've had our first two episodes and they've been greeted really really well which i'm very thankful so if you've listened to this and that then i really really appreciate it if you don't have a clue what i'm talking about and you're a football fan 
and you feel like it might be a place for you, then go check it out. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those lovely places. Uh, if you search Punks on the Pitch, you'll get it and it'll come up there. Um, also, our other little endeavour that we do, the An Insight magazine, issue three pre-orders sorry, are now up. Uh, our cover star this time around is Malevolence, but it's also got interviews with Rolo Tomasi, Kaddish, Binary, Ridgeway, and loads and loads more as well. So yeah, we'll put a link to the pre-order also in the show notes. Right, I've babbled on long enough. Let's get to this week's guest. Uh, this is a guest who I, I kind of hoped it, it panned out, and I'm really, really glad it did. So I'm joined by Jess Nix, who is the vocalist of Mortality Rate. Uh, we talk about her kind of finding a scene in Canada and what it was like for for her as a musician and her band touring Canada because it's such a big and vast country. Um, we talk about her experience with Mortality Rate's first show, which was her very first show performing and what that experience was like. Um, and how she's kind of got this like getting shit done attitude and sort of if you want to achieve something then just put yourself out there and it can be done sort of thing and how she's kind of using that to help lift others in the Calgary scene and the further hardcore scene as well so yeah please sit back enjoy the chat I have with Jess and I'll see you on the other side So, joining me this week on the Justin Inside podcast is vocalist of hardcore band Mortality Rate, Jess Nix. Jess, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to have a little chat with me. Um, where, whereabouts are you? Are you Calgary? I can, I can never remember where you guys are actually based. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Calgary. Yeah, Calgary, Alberta. So, how, I, I hate starting conversations with this, but it's the easy talking topic. But how's everything in Canada at the moment, sort of regarding the situation we're in? Um, better than America. (laughs) (laughs) I think that goes without saying. Yeah, but, um, not great. So Alberta is kind of, people are going to hate this, but it's kind of like the America of Canada. Um, I think we definitely have the most like anti-mask people and like people denying it and stuff. Um, I'm very much a home dweller. Like I don't leave at all. So I don't really see it like to me things are normal like this this has been normal for me this whole time basically i just don't have to um come up with reasons to bail on plans <laughs> anymore yeah. um but sometimes i'll like order food to pick up or something and yeah i'll go downtown and like there's so many people just close as hell on patios at bars and stuff and i'm like okay this is definitely really bad and our numbers are starting to go back up but it's not like yeah not to the point i don't think where we're uh facing a possible other quarantine or anything but yeah because you've been making masks haven't you yes i have yeah um i got two weeks of like relaxation time and then started making masks and then have just been so busy ever since what as in people like asking you to to do them sort of thing yeah i just like made them uh for my mom my mom works in the hospital back home um right 12 hours away and yeah she was working in a hospital and i wanted to make her um one that was comfy because the medical masks like rub a bunch because they don't really fit properly yeah yeah um so yeah i wanted to make her some and then i just posted them and a bunch of people were like oh my god i want them and i make um pillows for tattooers so i have like a whole fabric store worth of fabric just sitting in my house. Right. So I was like, I mean, I'm not doing anything else. I might as well start <laughs> a mask or something. Well, I've got to say, I, I loved the, the Orville Peck 
Yeah. Ones you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had so. two friends ask me to make them. And at first I was like, nah, I don't know how, but then I just watched some videos on YouTube and I was like, I mean, <laughs> fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll make some. I mean, I think anything with a fringe is going to look pretty cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> it looks awesome all the time. <laughs> cool. Well, how I like to to start these conversations in general, we obviously this is about music. So I always like to start is how did you kind of get into alternative music? What was your kind of exposure to it when you were younger? Um, my first favorite band after like the Backstreet Boys and stuff was um, The Offspring. And I went and saw them right. when I was seven years old. Um, that was my first concert and I was so excited that I threw up. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad showed me them. I think he just had it on in the car or something and he went to change it and I was like, no, I like it. And he was like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> and then uh, I don't even remember how I started listening to like good Charlotte and the used and stuff like that. But I, I think from, we had like much music, uh, it's like the Canadian version of MTV. Right. So I think just from watching like the loud channel on their thing or whatever, they played like alternative music. I started getting into like super like emo and scene bands and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then I just stayed like that forever. <laughs> <laughs> so like in terms of that first show, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but was it just like you'd got too pent up and it just like yeah. overstimulated? Yeah, kind of I was thing. just really fucking excited. And we we're on, it was a, we had to drive for two hours. So I was just a seven year old, so excited sitting in a car for two hours, like getting myself worked up. And my mom had to pull over. So I used to do that on Christmas Day also because I was so excited. <laughs> I think I just, we didn't realize I had anxiety or something. <laughs> so yeah, when I got worked up, I just got too worked up. <laughs> Fair enough. So I guess in, in some aspects, it was kind of like a chance listening then that your dad just so happened to have the offspring on and, yeah, and something just, like, just clicked kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, ooh, the guitars are cool. I don't know. I just thought it was awesome. And I was like, keep playing it. And then that was my favorite band. So in terms of then you, like you mentioned kind of the Canadian equivalent to MTV and sort of like discovering other sort of loud bands yeah. and stuff from there. But like when you kind of, I guess, started digging and finding your own path and stuff like was there anyone kind of putting you on to bands or was it just purely through that music channel that you were finding stuff so I listened to like Good Charlotte and stuff like that and then um one of my friends went to like a summer camp this is probably when I was like 12 uh went to summer camp and like met a girl that like wore a lot of eyeliner and like listened to like he was just like, hey, she listens to screaming music. I don't know. You might like it. <laughs> so we started talking over MSN, Microsoft Messenger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she started sending me some bands. Um, and then she told me to get on Nexopia, which was like the Canadian version of MySpace. Okay. And like added her and some of her friends. And then they started getting me into like uh, early Under Oath and stuff like that and then I would go to we had a, we used to have a music store uh where I grew up we don't anymore but I would go and like they had like a you know like the metal hardcore punk just yeah like, yeah two rows because they don't actually care they just have to have it I would just go through and pick up cds that I like the art on yeah yeah and yeah buy it and then listen to it um and that's how I found architects like pre-sam carter like Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's how I found that. Um, that's how I found a lot of music. And I don't know, it was just like, to me, that's how um, I found music because I'm from like a ski resort. There was no like, oh, okay, other kids, really. 
that listened, like my, some of my friends did, but um, I was the one that was actively searching for things. And I remember in like, uh, we used to take like a typing music, like computer class or whatever. Yeah. They'd be all doing their stuff and I'd be sitting there on pure volume. Clicking <laughs> yeah. related artists and just listening to like, um, see you next Tuesday. Like that's how I found that band. Stuff like that, yeah. Just click related artists and listen to a song and be like, nah, it's not good and skip it or write, this, it, write it down and then go home and download it on LimeWire. This literally sounds like my days in college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like, in terms of, I, I just want to quickly touch on the, the architects thing because obviously they're a, a UK band yeah. sort of thing and obviously like, I don't mind some of the sound car stuff, but that first record, I, I can't remember the dude's name, but yeah, I, don't remember. I remember, I remember seeing that weirdly it was them and the chariot they played it. So I'm from uh, a town called Portsmouth, which is on the South coast. Okay. And they played this tiny little room in the, like the next city over. And I was just compl- like, I'd heard the, the nightmares record, mm-hmm. but I'd never seen them live. And then I saw them and I was just like, this is fucking sick. And then he left and Sam came on. I was like, oh, this this just isn't the same. But it's still so good. Okay, after this, have you listened to the Sam Carter version of To The Death? from my- No, I haven't. Oh my God, it's the craziest thing ever. You need to listen to it after this. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I definitely good. Yeah, really I didn't even know that existed. Well, yeah. But so, like, was it... Because how did you, was it just like that you saw their artwork and were kind of drawn to it? Because I think it's weird that it's a UK band that you were kind of drawn to. Yeah, it was the artwork. I liked it. That, that's because I couldn't listen to it. It's like shrink wrapped. I can't open it. Yeah, my yeah. Discman and listen to it. Uh, yeah, so I would just have like 20 bucks that I could spend at this music store and I would just pick things that I like the artwork of. And uh, I think I really liked all the orange. I think there's orange on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. orange and gray, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I just liked it. And then I started listening to it and then they blew up and I was like, wait a minute, like this band? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. They're good as hell, but I just am so surprised. Yeah, because everyone started being like, have you heard this band before? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned so like, growing up in a sort of like a ski resort town then. So was there kind of much like musically going on or, no. or like was there? A... No, no, I had to go to Vancouver. Um, Vancouver is the city on the west coast. It's like three hours north of Seattle. That's usually how people right. know where that is. Yeah. Um, so that was two hours away. So after I started making friends with um, that girl that my friend met at summer camp and like her friends and stuff, um, and still friends with them, by the way. Um, That's cool. Yeah. It was a long time. It was like over 10 years ago. Um, I would take a Greyhound. I started working when I was like 14. So I'd have money to take a bus to Vancouver on the weekends. So if there was a show yeah. happening, yeah, I would take the Greyhound, which was like two and a half hours after stops, and then get on public transit for like another hour and a half. And then I'd be with them for the weekend and just, I wouldn't know who was playing or anything. They would just be like, there's a show this weekend, come here. And I'd be like, okay. And just... That's, so, what, so you just go on your own? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my... Like, say, so how, how old are you then? Uh, I started doing that when I was 13, I think. That's like... I don't know. I I think just because I I forget how big like Canada and the states are. Like, there's such a baffling like concept for me because like when I was 13, my parents wouldn't even let me go to the next town. (laughs) I think most parents. My mom is gonna be listening to this. Like, God damn it, Jess, don't fucking say this. Um, (laughs) I think most parents probably wouldn't let their kids do that. But I don't know. My mom knew that I was fine. 
Yeah, and, that's cool though. And yeah, like two hours here is nothing. I know two hours yeah, there yeah. is like horrifying. But yeah. that's normal. Cause like we would have to go there to get, um, like if we wanted to go to Costco or something to get like a good deal on bulk amounts of whatever we had to go there or like clothing shopping. If we didn't want to have to spend a bajillion dollars, we'd have to. Yeah, yeah. So going to Vancouver was just like normal. It was like not, cool. not a long trip. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, well, so, I can't drive you. So get on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of like, you obviously mentioned the, the offspring show, but then sort of going to those shows in, in Vancouver, what, were they sort of any specific sort of genre or was it just kind of like heavy alternative music? Uh, it was like, uh, you know, a textbook tragedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like them when it was just three of them. Right, um, okay. Yeah, a lot of kind of more like MySpace vibe bands. But like right. random hardcore shows or like mixed bills or whatever. Like I remember seeing Gravemaker a bunch. Um, I missed that band. Yeah. They were sick. Yeah, yeah. But to us, it was all the same. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, it sounds aggressive. And yeah, it was just mixed bills and um, mostly, like, scene-type bands, though. Yeah. yeah. And so the other thing I always like to, to ask is, I find interesting, obviously, you kind of mentioned, like, going through kind of, like, the Good Charlottes and the U's and that sort of thing. But was there kind of, like, maybe on, on the more heavier like end of the scale and things but was there like one band that you like was particularly drawn to and you were like this is my band this is the one that i've discovered and kind of like latched onto kind of Under thing. yeah 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 i was a any particular reason no just obsessed <laughs> with them i don't know um i'm trying to think if there were others or if there were any like more local bands but yeah, I really latched on to Under Oath for a long time. I just thought they were amazing. Did you, right, because so, I'm, I'm, again, Under Oath were a band that I was very much into when I was younger as well. Yeah. And I didn't realise this until a lot later. I don't know how I didn't fit, notice it, but because it was right there. But did you know they were a Christian band? Um, I did, but I didn't think that the songs were about that. Like, I, yeah, 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 they believe in God, but like this song is for sure about a girl. <laughs> yeah. <Or> whatever <laughs> and then now i listen to it and i'm like no <laughs> this is dumb. yeah because it's because i think because they did like a like a dvd with like one of the the albums i think mm -hmm. and they were like all like before a show they were like getting all together and like praying and stuff i was like oh and it's just like it just didn't click once it for clicks me for some reason a lot of things line up um yeah yeah i just saw them a lot like they were mm. Vancouver used to get a lot of shows and stuff. Um, so I just saw them a lot and they would, they would lightly touch on it. Like yeah, yeah. a lot about it, but it came up every time. So I knew. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I just thought it was interesting because I think my naivety was sort of like, just kind of shunned it to one side. Yeah, when I first started listening to them, I definitely wasn't like, this is, there's definitely a Christian band. And then yeah, I saw them and I was like, hold on. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. sounds good. So then in terms of kind of, I guess, getting into more of the stuff that you're in line with now and people kind of know you quote unquote know you for sort yeah. of thing. Like when did you kind of start discovering that side of stuff, like the more kind of hardcore sort of element of things? Uh, when I was like 16, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of like, yeah. So Vancouver, like 
has hardcore shows, but it started to kind of die off when I started going to shows. So it was mostly just like whatever bands you could get on a bill. It was always like really mixed. Um, But some of my friends um, in Victoria, it's on Vancouver Island, which is like very close to Vancouver, obviously, but it's an island. Um, Yeah. They had Van Alfest, which was um, a hardcore fest. So I was introduced to a lot of bands from going to that. Um, And then when I was 18, I started traveling like down to Seattle for shows or out here to Calgary. Um, And then there'd be like hardcore bands opening whatever band I was seeing or just friends that were playing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for until I was like 18, it was all kind of just like, it's the same. I didn't think obviously I could tell this is a hardcore band and this is a hardcore band. But like this, the like kind of different worlds weren't there for me because yeah, yeah, it's not there a lot. There's going to be some people listening to this being like, you're wrong. But for me, (laughs) they were the same thing. So I just kind of like didn't separate them. Um, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, once I moved here, I moved here when I was 19, um, kind of fell more into, like, just kind of hardcore realm. Yeah. yeah. So then, in terms of your kind of own, like, musical exploration, obviously, like, we know you as the, the vocalist for Mortality right now, but has sort of, like, singing always been something that you wanted to do? Have you dabbled with other instruments? Where's that kind of element come into things? Uh, yeah, when I was in elementary school, I played the mm. piano and the violin. Um, I wanted to play drums, but yeah, my high school's music program wasn't like that strong and there was already a kid who knew how to play. So he got to play it. Um, okay. and then we only had the music program. Oh, and saxophone. I played saxophone in high school. Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that was fun. I liked that a lot, but then the music program shut down. Um, and then I was super into writing, um, like poetry and stuff. Right. Yeah, English was my favorite. Loved studying it, loved writing it. Always wanted to be in a band just because I really liked writing and figured that was the only way I could, like, get that out into the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's easier for someone to listen to you say that stuff than to convince them to pick it up and read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I always really wanted to be in a band, but I, like, had no idea how to go about it. Yeah. So then in, in terms of kind of like the instruments that you did pick up, have you like kept at any of them just like as kind of a hobby or anything or not at all? I still remember how to play the Harry Potter theme song on piano. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but that's it. I think if I were to like sit down and focus and like just quickly go over like how to read sheet music and then like look at something for a piano, I within a couple hours I could be playing and reading at the same time just because it, right. it, it made a lot of sense to me. It wasn't hard for me to pick up. But yeah. if you wanted me to do it right now on the spot, no way in hell. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's fair. fair enough. I'm not going to drag on my piano. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you mentioned, obviously, there, kind of, like, the kind of writing sort of aspect of things. But, like, in terms of actually kind of, like, vocalizing it, had you kind of no. dabbled with singing in any aspect at all? Mm-mm. I sing in my car and it's awful. <laughs> not good at it but i'd never tried like screaming or anything for yeah. band practice and i had lyrics i was like i don't know what's gonna happen like hopefully this doesn't suck i don't know <laughs> and i was like plugged into a guitar amp it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of you like 
as I say, we know you for Mortality Rate, but had you kind of been in other bands before that was? So this is the first kind of thing you've ever done? Yes. Right, okay. So I'm not going to jump too far ahead then because I don't. I want to get to to the formation and stuff of that in a minute. But in terms of you kind of, so you, you said you moved to, to Calgary when you were 19. So was that kind of for, for school? What was the, the want to, to move? Um, I was living in my car and oh shit yeah. <laughs> um and all my friends that lived in vancouver um it's just a hard place to live everyone had like really small places had to work multiple jobs to keep their small place um and then all my friends out here had like one job but houses with extra rooms and stuff like it just when i was 19 i'd never lived on my own before and i was like okay it seems like it's easier to live there yeah, and yeah. i had friends that were like down to help me out like uh, my friend Chris got an apartment with an extra room in it, so I'd have a place to live. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so I moved here. I uh, was in my car, or in my car. I was, like, couch surfing and living out of my car. Uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. two months until I had, like, a little bit of money saved up because I knew I was going to not be able to have a job immediately and stuff. Yeah. So I wanted some money, yeah, so I just saved some cash and then moved out here. So was that like, was the whole kind of like sofa surfing thing, what you were kind of doing in Vancouver as well? Yeah, I was, I was, so I was technically living in Squamish at the time, which is a town right. halfway between Whistler where I grew up and Vancouver. My dad was there. Um, okay. So that's where I was working out of, but every night I would, Vancouver's only an hour from there. So I'd finish, yeah. drive to Vancouver, crash at someone's house, wake up early, drive back. Right. Okay. Drive back. Yeah. Cool. So then, like, and as you mentioned, sort of like when you kind of got to Calgary, obviously you sort of started to discover there was a bit more of like a, a quote unquote normal hardcore scene mm -hmm. sort of thing. So, like, were there kind of like touring bands that would come through that you'd sort of like get into? Were there like local bands? What 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 was the scene like in Calgary? There's still uh, there were a lot of local mm -hmm. bands, and there still are. Um, yeah, there were quite a few when I moved here, and it's always been a spot that bands hit if they come through Canada they play here yeah it's a big if <laughs> but um yeah we try really hard to make sure that bands have fun when they're here so they'll want to come back because our seat yeah. is awesome I love it here so much um so yeah we try to make it memorable um I know it's a touchy subject but expire came here a lot um, okay yeah yeah um and then they kind of told their friends like go there it's fun um trying to remember yeah i don't know a any tour that came through would stop here yeah, yeah. come back kids so, here a lot well they're part canadian anyway yeah they're canadian so it doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> um so that like in terms of kind of i guess like your one one in better terms of like wanting to form a band and things like that i always kind of find it interesting especially within the hardcore world because like it's not to diminish what bands do or anything but it's such an attainable thing like to to make a hardcore band and start a band and things like that so were there kind of any bands that particularly that you remember seeing and kind of thinking like i could do that i could give that a go kind of thing um i've never seen someone do something and been like hey i could do that because <laughs> yeah. i'm not that my confidence isn't that high but um my friend Courtney was in a band called Lymphociferous from Vancouver and I saw them play for the first time when I was maybe 17. 
16 to 17. Right. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm like yeah. a psycho. And I was like, I want to be <laughs> as cool as she is one day. Um, yeah. I don't know. I looked up to her a lot and I was like, I want to do that. That's cool. Yeah. So then before we kind of dive into mortality rate sort of like properly, the other thing I always ask, especially when I have someone that is similar to, to me in that aspect on that is straight edge. I always want to find out their kind of relationship with it, their kind of journey to it and things like that. Because I think like everyone that I speak to that is straight edge has a different kind of way they discover it and way they kind of approach it and adapt it and, and have kind of live that lifestyle, I guess is the best way of saying it without sounding lame, but like, what was your kind of introduction to it? And sort of like, how do you kind of approach it now? Cause I think like, so if I give you some context, I recently spoke to uh, Chris from the band farm mm-hmm. um, and his kind of relationship with it was, it's completely different to mine and it's completely different to sort of many people. And his is sort of like one that I think is a very interesting aspect. Cause I think for, for me personally, like straight edge is a, a big sort of like community feel. Like I have a big group of friends here in the UK who we all kind of came together because straight edge was our sort of reference point. Yeah. But he was kind of saying like, he doesn't kind of like that aspect of it he just kind of likes the ethos and the lifestyle and the political side of it sort of thing. So where's your kind of, where do you sit on that spectrum? Um, I really like that when I meet someone that's straight edge and vegan, cause I combine those two things. Um, yeah. if I meet someone that's either of those things immediately. I'm like, I have something in common with you. Yeah. Like I feel like I can, be more comfortable going into a conversation with someone at a show, especially if I know they're straight edge than someone who's wasted. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Because of like the mixed bills and everything that we had in Vancouver when I was super young, I was always around kids that were straight edge. Like since I was like 13, I, right, I okay. knew what it was. Um, but I loved to party. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Um, yeah, I was super into partying for like all my teenage years. Um, and then I, if you pay attention to my lyrics, you can probably tell that I'm depressed all the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't hide it. Um, but I was, I was stopped. I was like trying to chill out on abusing the stuff and have a glass of wine with dinner because it tastes good or whatever. Yeah. And I would just wake up crying. Like I would, instead of hung over, I was just so sad yeah yeah on days when i didn't do that the night before i'd wake up like still sad but like tolerably sad and i yeah piece together like oh i feel worse when i drink like yeah emotionally i feel way fucking worse so i was just like i'm just gonna stop doing that then yeah that's excuse me that's kind of similar to to myself like i wasn't like a party animal but like when i drunk i drunk to got way to get wasted sort of thing hey, Rick, i'm gonna get fucked up um, yeah <laughs> for yeah sure. so but like so it got to the point where like i was having like blackouts and stuff like that and i was sort of like yeah that's not that's not a cool thing to be happening no, so good. so that was kind of my my like wake up call but like in terms of kind of i guess 
as you say, like being surrounded by people that were straight edge, but in terms of learning about what it was, did you kind of like delve into like the history and stuff or was it just kind of like you knew what it was and just kind of followed it from there? Yeah, no, I just, a, a lot of my friends here are straight edge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I never really got into like the history of it or, but that's just how I am about everything. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. really do that. I'm like, I like this. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> or pay attention to it now. Um, yeah, so I didn't like. I don't listen to a lot of like old straight edge bands or anything like that. But no, I, like I think, I think the only ones like when I was sort of like learning about it. I think obviously I went back and listened to Minor Threat because the standard sort of thing. Yeah. But I was I never really kind of got into like the as you say like the older bands like. I listened to Project X just because Straight Edge Revenge was a funny song name yeah. and things like that. Yeah, like I've listened to all of it, but I'm also uh, such a annoying person when it comes to like audio quality. <laughs> yeah, I know. What you mean. I'm like, I get it, but it doesn't sound good, so it's hard for me to focus on it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the song is good. If it was playing live in front of me, I'd be like, this is awesome. But it's yeah. like a potato recorded it, so I don't like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I had so many friends that were straight edge and would like talk to me about it. Because I was like, I'd ask them and stuff, you know, I was like curious as I'm like drinking whiskey or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So how's that go for you? Um, but so I just, yeah, I don't know, understood it a lot. And then, yeah, a lot of my friends were straight edge at the time. Yeah. And I was like, so, I would, and I would be like, so I noticed that I'm crying all the time and it's worse when I do this and people are like, yes, yeah. that's what happened to me too. And I was like, okay, cool. So you're saying that it'll be easier if I stop doing that. And they were like, yeah, hundred percent. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <Been singing. laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So then if we talk about mortality rate, I'm not going to be like, oh, so how did the band form? Because <laughs> like people can search that shit if they want. Yeah. But like in terms of like this being your first band, like i don't know did you just have like an itch one day that you were like i want to start because obviously like, i know that you're like one of the founding members so it's just like was it just like fuck it i want to start a band let's do it like was it that mentality or was it more baby steps to get there i remember it so clearly i was driving okay. this doesn't mean anything to you because you're not you don't live here but i was driving down the cloud trail cody was in my back seat i don't remember who was in the front but Cody who plays drums. He was in the back. Yeah. And um, we were listening to Ill Intent. And I turned it down and I was like, Cody, let's start a band. And he went, <laughs> okay. And I was like, seriously? And he goes, yeah, I'm down. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. So that must have been in like the fall. And then in like December, what, 2013 or 2014? Yeah. Um, he texted me and he was like, let's start that band. And I was like, for real, real? And he was like, for real, real. And I was like, okay, cool. Who should we ask to be in it? And then, yeah, we asked some friends. And they were like, sure, yeah, we're down to jam. Yeah. Um, and then Mortality Rate started. That's literally all that happened. Yeah. So <laughs> it feels like they can't start a band. You can. It's that easy. Yeah, yeah. You just say, let's do this. And a friend goes, yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So into, like... In terms of like for you sort of stepping into that role, like as you said, like you had this love for for writing and sort of like I guess the more sort of poetic side of things. So like did you kind of have like a back catalogue of 
material that you were like ready and raring to go or did you kind of have to readapt how you wrote stuff for a band so to say um i had stuff that i had written that i went through and took parts out of right like yeah stuff that i would just write in my phone because i was just like sad typing away um yeah yeah so I, yeah i would just have like because that's kind of how i write things anyways um so it makes it really hard when i'm writing a song so i'm like okay i have my four lines that i like <laughs> yeah. but i need more fuck um so I, yeah i just like kind of took things that i liked and was like i like this part i want it and then i would just kind of build off of it yeah so it fit in a song do you still do you still do that or have you kind of like um learn from that so for mortality rate that's still how i write um because it's easy for me to write something and then make it fit like i write yeah. everything without listening like we'll be at practice but i'm not writing it to the song like I just right. whenever I have something in my head I'll write it down and then I can kind of like make it fit take out a couple words so it like makes sense or something yeah yeah um but I just started a new band with a friend and I can't do it like I have to <laughs> Fair enough. I have to like have an idea in my head and then like write it to the music and that is yeah, yeah. so much harder oh my <laughs> yeah. god it's so hard I, I don't know how people because people would like ask me how I write and I would tell them like I just write stuff down and then <laughs> practice just like in my head make it fit I don't know it just works and they were like oh I can't do that I have to write it to the song and I'm like now that I've done it that's so hard I don't <laughs> what that oh my god and then in terms of like the the sound of mortality rate, like when you guys kind of first started getting things going, like, did you kind of have an idea of what you wanted the sound to be like, or has it kind of evolved into what we hear now? Yeah, no, there's no plan. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> From what I remember, at least, I think we were just like HM2 pedals and that was it. That was the sound. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing. Yeah. If you okay before especially the split songs if you listen to our songs without me on it it sounds like a different band wrote them because okay we just write stuff i don't know yeah there's no like we want to sound like this because all of us listen to like different kinds of hardcore you know like yeah 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 we don't all listen to the same thing we all really like different stuff so when that all kind of comes together there's stuff changing all the time yeah yeah um yeah there's no sound really that i can think of at least that we aim for we just kind of write stuff i honestly don't yeah. really do it i don't know how I, th I think that's kind of like i guess that kind of puts where you are now because i think like even if you listen to like the new tracks that you put on the reissue and even stuff off you were the gasoline like at its heart it's a hardcore band mm -hmm. but like Personally, like, I can't, like, because, like, you always get, like, oh, for fans of, or, oh, it sounds a bit like this. But, like, I personally can't pinpoint it. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, so, I remember people are like, what would you say you play? And I'm like, I don't know. We're a hardcore <laughs> fan, but, like, I don't, I don't know what to compare us to. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And then, obviously, like, you've recently, because of, situation that recently happened we'll get on to in a moment have been kind of reminiscing about your first show but your first show was with the mighty power trip yeah. so like 
what was that like for you? Obviously, first time ever going out on stage with a band of Power Trips caliber. Like I was what, what? mortified. <laughs> oh my God. It was horrifying. And we were given like four days notice. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we have a fest called Sled Island here. Nice. Um, and it's like, it's a music festival. It's not a hardcore fest. Right. Okay. Always like a hardcore show on the like in it. So it'll I don't I don't I'm gonna have this totally wrong, but it's something like forty shows over a week at different venues. Right. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So there's always one or two hardcore shows. Like we've played with Turnstile on it on the same fest as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the power power trip was one of the hardcore shows that was happening for it, and. Cody got a message, yeah, I think like four days before being like, hey, our opener for the Power Trip show this weekend dropped. Do you have any bands that could play it? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, and texted me. And I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> oh my God, this is horrifying. Yeah, it was really good though. It was fun. So was Cody like the go-to guy in the scene of like backup? <laughs> yeah, he's just always been in like four bands at once. Yeah. <laughs> he's just always in multiple bands um so yeah I hit him up being like do you have any bands that are ready to play a show um, so then in terms of like your kind of experience of that like how did you kind of feel like I guess g going into it being on the stage and then kind of once it was done like did you kind of have that bug of like fuck that was awesome I want to do this as much as possible kind of thing uh yes and no because i get every it still happens like this is this isn't just a then thing this is all the time before yeah. we play i feel like my heart's gonna stop okay it's the worst day of my life until we play <laughs> so tour is hard it's the worst yeah, day yeah. every day for like 20 hours and then we play and then i'm like okay i'm fine now um so i was just really really anxious just like yeah. so anxious and then after we played i was like because what we had like five songs so we played for like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah. After I was like, that was really fun. I really, really liked it. And I want to do this more, but I, I'm also still so anxious. that like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how to handle it. And I need to figure out how to calm down. Yeah. I just remember being like, so worked up. Yeah. Yeah. And can you remember like what the response to you guys was like? Cause I don't like, obviously from my perspective, I'll, I'll get onto like how I kind of discovered your band in a moment, but like, as soon as I kind of discovered you, like, it was instantly like, oh, this is a rad band. Everyone should check out this band kind of thing. Like, so what was the kind of initial, like, I guess, quote unquote, feedback from that first show? It was really good. Um, the show, it was a Sled Island show, so it was packed already. Like, because people are right. like, I have a ticket to the heavy show. I'm going to go. Um, but, like, everyone that's actually, like, in our hardcore scene showed up and was losing it. That's cool. Yeah, like we definitely have like um, that kind of family vibe where if one of our bands is opening for a big band, we yeah. are all there losing. That's cool. Even if we don't really love the band. Like if they're yeah. opening, we're losing it. Yeah. Um, so that made me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, and then I don't know. I feel like we got, I also have a really bad memory. So there could be a lot of things that I just like don't have in my brain <laughs> yeah it's really empty up here all the time um but 
I remember, yeah, people kind of let being down right away. Yeah, that's cool. We got a lot. Of, we were really lucky. We got a lot of cool opportunities to open fun shows, kind of like right off the bat, and mm. like played like every local bill for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone here. Does. That's cool. A good family vibe makes it easier. That's cool. And obviously, like as I mentioned, the playing with Power Trip for the first show, and obviously recently we had the massive loss of of Riley, which. I think has hit everyone hard. Like even me being little me in the UK, I had the opportunity to meet him twice and he was always like such a humble dude. So I just kind of wanted to get like, what was your experience with him? Did you kind of have a relationship with him? Like what was your interactions with him? Cody was friends with him. Yeah. Um, I really only talked to him at that show, but I was like just horrified and was definitely just like, freaking out and not really talking to anyone. <laughs> yeah. I remember Cody being like, that was her first show ever. And he was like, that was your first show? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you made that stage your bitch. Like that was, awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Just like, can't handle it. I was just losing my mind. Um, yeah, he was so fucking nice. That's cool. Yeah. And yeah, I've, I've seen them a couple times, but I always just kind of, I don't want to be like, yeah, what's up? Unless someone kind of like, does that at me because I don't want to be yeah 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 but I have so many friends that were really close with him and like I've heard stories about him consistently since yeah like you know since they kind of popped up yeah and that's the thing like we're what nearly two weeks removed I think now and I'm still seeing like people post stories and stuff which is fucking people always like I feel like he was an Evan Shaw you know yeah 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 like in the world if anyone could be compared to Evan, Riley would be up there. Yeah. And then, as I say, like, I'll get onto how I was kind of introduced to you guys. So I found you through the split that you did with Judiciary. And, like, I was a fan of that band and then heard your tracks and I was like, what is this? And I was like, <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need more, I need more of this. So I think straight away. So I guess, like, firstly, how did that kind of split come about? And, like, what was the kind of... Was there an immediate reaction to like you guys from that? Because I think like from the people that I know here in the UK that dug that split, it was that instant reaction of like, we want more mortality rate. Like, cause we knew that judiciary had the EP yeah. and they were doing the full length, but we didn't really know a whole lot about you at the time. So what was the kind of reaction? Um, so how that split happened, <laughs> I, I can't believe they said yes. Um, I, <laughs> I was, with the guys and we were driving to Edmonton which is three hours away uh for a show and I was playing judiciary and Jake was like this band is so good and I was like I know I love them and he was like I want to tour with them and I was like okay hold on so I picked up my phone and uh I was I had been following Jake um in judiciary we both have a Jake um I had started following him like recently and I messaged him just being like, hey, our band should tour or do a split. And he was like, yeah, we're down. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, I just asked the guys and they're down. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, okay, we actually have three songs that we haven't recorded yet. So we could do a split with those if you want. And he was like, yeah, sounds good. And we just did it. And now That's cool. they're, my, they're my best friends. I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally how that happened. I, 
whenever people say they can't make things happen, I get so like, how? Because I tell people <laughs> to do stuff and they're like, yeah, sounds good. And I'm like, why are you trusting me with this? <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, they also definitely, I, that's why I was so surprised that they were like, yeah, let's do it. Because like, they were like already on the way up. Yeah, yeah. No one knew who we were. But they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, sure, I'm not going to argue this at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, people that I think that's how people know who we are. Yeah. Yeah. The um, I'm always told that people found us because of my uh, guest part. Well, that's what I was I was about to ask next. Yeah. <laughs> was was that kind of an idea that you pitched was or did they pitch to that to you? How did that kind of work? I was like we should sing a part on each other's songs. That would be really cool. And Jake. Okay, that's cool. Jake was just like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. yeah he just said yes to everything. <laughs> it was amazing. Because <laughs> I was like, to fast forward a little bit and kind of shine a bit of light on judiciary, when they obviously did the full length and they re-recorded that song, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, don't fuck it up. Don't just please, like, just keep Jess's shit. <laughs> and then you were there and I was like, yes! <laughs> So I was very, very happy about that. Yeah, they, uh, they're amazing. I love them. So I guess then, like, in terms of kind of personally for you, like, as you say, like Cody being in other bands and stuff like that, obviously with this being the first band that you've been in and kind of it being, well, up until obviously current circumstances, a very active band, mm -hmm. like, how was that experience for you? And, like, I, I guess, like from what you said it's just kind of like you're one of those people if you ask you don't get sort of thing was that so was that your attitude of approaching the band of like i want to do everything i possibly can so i'm just going to ask for it yeah kind of yeah i, I want to do this so let's do it <laughs> yeah. i want to go on tour i'm gonna book a tour i don't know yeah and like sometimes if i just wish really hard that something will happen it happens and then i get freaked out <laughs> but that's basically just how it's gone which is like i want to do this and then like within a year it happens and i'm like okay we did yeah 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 i don't know just make stuff happen that's kind of how i do everything no that's cool so then in terms like another thing i always find sort of interesting is kind of first tour experiences and like so like i don't want mean to be rude asking this but so how old were you when sort of mortality rate started uh... 2013 or 2014? 20... Hold on, I'm so bad at math. Almost. <laughs> 21? Right, okay. 21 or 22? So okay, so still fairly young then, because I think, like, obviously, most sort of people who are still, like, either if you're a young band or a band that are kind of late 20s, early 30s, mm -hmm. like, you start touring younger sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. like, whereas you maybe come to it a little bit later than most people usually would have, but not always. But, like, going into it, did you kind of have an idea of what tour was going to be like? Did you have any kind of preconceived ideas? Did it live up to them at all? What was your first tour experience like? Um, I'd been on tour with friends before doing merch. Right, okay. And I travel a lot anyways, so that part of it was not new to me. Yeah. It was totally fine. Um, it was, it was as you would expect a first tour would be. 
Um, plus we're in Canada, so our scenes are smaller. Yeah. Um, our first tour was with Drag Me Under, the best people in the world. Right. They're from Reno, Nevada. They're the best. I love them so much. Um, we probably wouldn't have done anything if it weren't for them. Okay. Because they just like had our, like they printed our merch for us and brought it up. Oh, sure. Um, their guitar player, uh, Brendan, filled in for us because like one of the guys couldn't come. Yeah, they just like made it happen for us. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they, they were coming like up the West Coast and then through and then down into, I think they went down in the Midwest. Anyways, they came through and they're like, you're playing these shows with us. And I was like, yeah, you guys are the best. Let's go. Um, so we were lucky because they are a band that had been through here before. So people like wanted to see them and come right. out anyways. Um, but then from Cody being in multiple bands and then me just being all over the place all the time, we had friends in every city that came out yeah. just to see us anyways. So I feel like we had a pretty good first tour experience just because we've got friends and stuff. Mm. And cause like, I know I mentioned obviously earlier, like I, don't really get the geography of Canada or the States, let alone, but obviously like whenever, especially in the States, whenever you see kind of tours announced, like they'll either do the East coast or the West coast, or maybe a bit through the Midwest kind of thing. But like, what's kind of Canada tour touring like? Because I know like you've kind of got like the major cities, but then apart from that, like someone like me, maybe not really know the smaller towns and stuff. So it is, are there kind of like little spots that you hear or is it just kind of like, doing these massive drives to hit the big cities kind of thing. Yeah, you, it's basically just the big cities. Um, if you're in like Cancer Bats, yeah. Comeback Kid, you could play a town and it would yeah, be fine. Yeah. But there's still at least a couple hours for the drive. Yeah, yeah. But like a typical Western Canadian tour, a typical one would be Vancouver, maybe Kelowna, which is five hours, but not always Kelowna. So if you, if you skip Kelowna, it would be Vancouver, Calgary, 12 hours, Edmonton, three hours North. And then, Oh God, I don't remember which one's first. There's Regina and Saskatoon in Saskatchewan. Those are like eight hours away. Yeah. You usually only hit one of them. And then Winnipeg, which is what another like seven hours. And then that's it. See, like, so before like coronavirus and stuff happened like i was tour driving yeah. so that was my job and like th th that amount of hours just frightened yeah me. you're like that sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i can't imagine like spending that much time in a van trying to get places but i guess that's part and parcel of it it's and you're just probably just used to it us. like yeah like yeah yeah if um so a couple of years ago, we used to be able to do shows in Alberta. We would do Edmonton, Calgary, and Lethbridge. So there was three places that people could hit. And uh, we, like in Calgary, we're, so we're in the middle, we'd hit all of them. So it was right. three hours north and three hours south. So sometimes you would like go to the show in Calgary, the next day drive three hours up, go to the show, drive three hours home in the same day sleep for a couple hours and then go three hours south to that show and then three hours yeah, right yeah. after so yeah you do like at least six hours of driving a day that's fucking crazy that's <laughs> you know yeah no that's fair enough yeah. um and then so as i mentioned like obviously i discovered you through the split and as you mentioned i think a lot of people that was kind of the first sort of introduction for a lot of people but was there kind of like a moment like whether it be 
like people singing your songs back on uh, shows or just like response on the internet was that kind of a moment that you kind of remember where people like that you ha- didn't weren't friends with or whatever that were kind of taking note of your band and like were like yeah mortality rate is sick like and you were like what the fuck you like my band kind of thing like was there a specific moment that you can remember um there were a couple small ones but the biggest one was when we were in the uk last year last year Mm. yeah time yeah last year time makes no sense right now (laughs) when we were in the uk last year and uh in glasgow and in london yeah kids knew every single word yeah yeah when there's people here that i don't know but know the words or whatever like i'm like oh my god they're not my friend and they know the words but we also played we toured western canada like four times a year like for three years in a row or something so like yeah yeah. they had probably seen us before so i was like this makes sense you're from canada i'm not totally (laughs) shocked like yeah yeah. that you're my not my friend but you know the words but also you probably have seen us before so that kind of makes sense but yeah being um over in the uk and having kids know like literally every single word i was like yeah what or um being on tour with uh jesus peace in europe yeah people were coming up to me going because that was before that was the year before people would walk up to me being like you're in mortality rate and i was like what did you just say to me <laughs> how do you know what that is like that's what kind of made me be like okay wait yeah yeah yeah. people outside of canada don't know, know who we are <laughs> this is crazy so what were you touring with jesus peace or were you just on tour with them if that makes sense yeah i was like uh doing merch with them right yeah that's cool that, uh, that makes more sense <laughs> so, um, so like, i don't remember in, that is in jesus peace so oh of course yeah yeah of course so they uh let me sell their shirts for them that's cool um and just like on that London show, because I like I went to that London show, and just to say, I think it was like, I this is gonna make me sound really fanboy now, but like I was super like hyped on that show because, like as I said, I discovered you from the split, and like I I didn't know like if you'd had plans to come over, and I just like I think it was just by chance, like I saw that you posted that you were coming over, and I was like, oh shit, and like the nearest show to me was London. And I did the weirdest roundabout trip that day. So I used, so as I say, like I live on the South coast. I used to work in a place just outside London. So I drove to work, did my day at work, then drove from there into central London to go to the show. Watched you guys. As soon as you finished, got in my car and then drove two and a half hours to Bristol. Oh my God. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. So I was sort of like, but I was like, I'm not missing mortality rate. Oh, so like, but I think that was kind of like a lot of people's attitude. Like you were kind of, I don't want to say like a buzz band, but like people were super excited to see you guys and like people made the effort to come and see you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of blew my mind when we were there. Cause I, there was a lot of people that were like, I traveled for this and I was like, people don't travel for shows here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that. So that's yeah, insane. Yeah. 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 Being over there was crazy. And before, uh, actually, no, I'll touch on this now and then I'll get on to, to the Hate Five Six thing in a minute. Um, but, like, in terms of, like, you coming over to Europe and things, like, was that or was that always, like, a bucket list thing that you guys had kind of talked about? Or did the opportunity just come around and you thought, we're going to take this with both hands? Yeah. Um, 
definitely always really wanted to play over there. Never thought we'd be big enough to. Yeah. Like, never thought that was going to be an option. Not that I think that we're a big band, but um, just didn't think people would care enough. Um, but we got a message from MAD. I always say MAD, but everyone else over there says MAD. But I, I say MAD as well, but yeah, yeah. MAD. Uh, Tim emailed us being like, hey, do you guys want to come over here? And I was like, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's for sure do that. Uh, and he hooked it up. So obviously, apart from, as you said, like the Glasgow and the, the London shows, may, maybe not necessarily show related, but was there any sort of particular highlights of that trip? Um, I've been over there a lot. Right. So I have been in a lot of the places that we were at in the UK. I'm trying to think of to be honest, when uh, I'm on tour, I'm either asleep or playing. <laughs> That's fair enough. If I'm just on a tour doing merch, I do stuff. Like I'm out yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. all the time. But if I got to play, I wreck my voice within days. So I just try to sleep as much as I can. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The whole thing was just so much fun. Like the best experience. We were treated so well yeah absolutely taken care of so well every, every single day um that's cool we went to oh what's it called an ossuary no i'm not saying that right one of the bone church things oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um just outside of prague yeah so uh it was cody's birthday was the day before and um their the name is angst but angst uh yeah yeah in germany that we were with um amazing people they texted me being like um hey we might be a little late for the show or whatever we're stopping at this place and like sent a link to it and cody is super into spooky stuff yeah, so I was yeah. Like, oh my god so i told our driver i was like yo we gotta stop at this church on the way there we had time I'm yeah surprise don't tell him don't say anything and he was like okay he totally played into it and so the guys had no idea where we were going that's yep. sick pull into this like tiny tiny town in uh the czech republic tiny tiny and everyone's like where are we and i was like oh we're just making a stop and they're all being like oh jess is taking us to another antique store wow cool can't wait to see another cemetery mm, so fun and there's like a lego store that we parked beside and like oh she's taking us to get lego like trying to be all smart and then they're like are we going to that church and i was like not that church and cody immediately goes oh my god like he just, it clicked and he was like, are you fucking serious? And I was like, yeah, let's, cause it was like this other, this little tiny, like it had a wall around it. You could just see like a little golden thing popping up. Yeah. Yeah. I was on to that one. And he was like, oh, totally clicked what, what it was. Yeah. And he was just so happy. That was really fun. And that was really cool. Like you can't, you're never going to see something like that over here. Yeah. Yeah. Have old things here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like we do, but not like that. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah that's cool yeah. and then so the other thing that like i guess people will quote unquote know you for is the the hate five six video obviously with you talking about the whole kind of female fronted argument which isn't a fucking argument it's the yeah, most it's ridiculous <laughs> fucking thing in the world but like the reason i want to bring it up i don't want to kind of have that conversation because it's not a conversation but i just kind of want to get your sort of I guess I not idea that's the wrong word but just kind of like thoughts of like where things were at that time to where they are now like because I think when you kind of made that speech and 
like a, peop- a lot of eyes were kind of on it. There were still shitty comments from dudes and stuff like, I mean, there still are today and stuff like that. And there were still music journalists or whatever, just using that term. And I think now like people are a lot better, but maybe still not perfect. So I just kind of want to get like, where do you kind of sit on this line at the moment? Like, where do you feel work still needs to be done? And kind of what was your kind of initial reaction when that sort of video kind of went out as well? We still get tagged in female fronted lists every day. Oh shit. Okay. Every day. Um, There's been multiple times since uh, Emma did her part on the Knock Loose song. Yeah. Multiple people tagging me in it. What, thinking you're Emma? Yeah. And like, I'm on. Oh. Emma's amazing. (laughs) Like, I don't say, I'm not saying this in a bad way. Emma's fucking incredible. I was going to say, like. sound the same. That's that's what I was going to say. I I love her. Yeah. Like, as in her vocal style, but no, that's not you. You sound very different. Um, so yeah, just like little things like that, or like, um, when I was on tour over there with, uh, Jesus Peace and Year of the Knife, um, I would sing a part during the Year of the Knife set and Maddie just played, like she just fucking played a set better than basically anyone can and went fucking ballistic, but I sang something. So people were coming up to me being like, that was amazing. And I was like, I didn't, Right. this is her band. Yeah, like, yeah. All of the band people are here, all of them. Talk to them, but people are just like, they're a girl with microphone, blah. And like, <laughs> and then we'll be like, you're an elegy, right? And I was like, thank you, but no. Like, I am so honored to be compared to her, but that's not me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People are still very weird when it comes to girls in bands and like yeah I have a lot of friends who are uh women that are in the music industry um hardcore is not music industry but I don't want to be like no I know what you mean trying to say it in a better way um that I just hear stories all the time that are yeah so disappointing you know um it's definitely better like I remember like when I was a teenager or like even like early 20s um kind of getting made fun of for moshing yeah and shit like that you know um yeah just like no c word in the pit like dumb fucking yeah i don't know what i'm allowed to say on a podcast no Um. no no yeah no i was i was gonna bring up because i can't remember who it was but there was a band that had like the old school booty shorts and it literally said more clear in the pit yeah like that's and like if it says more and shit like like that's sick yes i agree and like i think that it's like such a hard thing to navigate because like the reason that people are like female fronted and say that shit or like yeah i love women in pants is because um (laughs) they want people they want women to know that they support them yeah but when you I said this in the video, but it's the only way I know how to say it properly is when you put us all in a group, we were still separate from everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not including us. You're putting us in a pile being like, look, they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Girls are doing stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's just frustrating. 
Um, I also would hate if I was ever given an opportunity to do something just because I'm a girl in a band. Yeah. Like, that's the, and that's the thing, like, it might, might sound very like, contradictory because I'm asking the question about okay. it sort of thing. And like, because I'm a white dude, mm. like, and I run a podcast, ironically, sort of thing. But like, <laughs> whenever I, I have like, a woman or a person of colour or someone that's queer or someone that's trans, mm -hmm. like, I want to have that conversation and ask their experience of the story. Because, like, I don't have that experience. Yeah. And like, as you mentioned there, like, people still tag you in it daily. That's something that I don't know. Like, yeah. And I think it's something that people need to be aware of. And I'd rather hear it from the horse's mouth than like what if you're like, from your point of view, you're probably getting bored of having that conversation all the time. But I think it's important that, okay, I maybe only have a small demographic that listen to this show, but if it's reaching that demographic and they're making themselves more educated, then that's like, that's what it's all about in my, yeah. my perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always down to talk about it with people who like, uh, are, want to learn and want to help other people learn. Yeah. And yeah, like, I don't want to seem like I'm sitting here being like, it's so hard. <laughs> it's not at all. Um, it's just really funny, um, watching people when I've, so like we had a bigger band ask us to do a tour, but we couldn't. So they got another band with a girl singer. Oh, okay. So it's just things like that where I'm like, okay, you obviously didn't want us to tour with you because you like us. It's, it's tokenism. Yes, that's what it is. And yeah, whenever I see people be like, if you like Mortality Rate, check out these five bands with girl singers that don't sound anything like them. <laughs> yeah. It's just, why would you think I would like that? Or like one time, this was like four years ago, maybe we were on tour. We were in like Iowa. And uh, I was standing outside with another band that played it and one of the guys goes um have you ever heard the band band punch i was literally just about to bring that up because i remember like <laughs> when punch were like a big like when they were like at their peak yeah. it was literally like if you're a woman in a band you are you sound like punch yes it's like no they fucking don't like i love them yeah i love punch and definitely that was definitely a band that made me be like i want to be that cool wow you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, the kid was like, have you ever heard Punch? And I went, why? Because I'm a girl in the band. And he just went <laughs> gray. Like, all of the blood left his body. And he was just like, I just said something really stupid, didn't I? And I was like, yeah, a little bit. And everyone was just laughing at him. And I was like, yes, I've heard them. Yes, I like them. But, yeah. like, I know, is that why you asked me that question? And he was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And probably won't ever do that again. He was like, no. Was like, there you go. <laughs> At least you're not arguing with me. And the, and the thing is, like, so, like, from my personal perspective, like, I have an affinity for, like, listening to bands that have women as a vocalist. Yeah. Because, like, I think, like, especially growing up, like, where you're conditioned to listen to, like, metalcore bands and hardcore bands that are all predominantly white men yeah. like i remember like this is gonna sort of maybe not show me in a great light but like bleeding through because they had a, a woman keyboard player it was like 
oh that's something different i want to listen to that sort of thing yeah but then like discovering walls of jericho like hearing candace i was like holy shit like this is incredible yeah and like that for me that's the approach it should be like it shouldn't be putting a woman on a pedestal it should be listening to what they have to say and like appreciating their talent if that makes sense yeah, 100%. Like, like not their not their position in the band yeah like yeah i just i don't know i, de I definitely am more inclined like uh if we're on tour and there's a band that's setting up and there's like a tiny girl setting something up i'm like oh i'm excited <laughs> yeah. I know she's about to fucking blow everyone out of the water. Yeah. I know yeah. it. So I definitely get more excited, but I think because uh, yeah, people are gonna be listening to this or whatever, being like, this kind of going against what you're saying. But like it's just more exciting because I'm like I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. You know, like I know exactly how you're feeling right now. So this is so exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I just think that a lot of people try to uh, be loud about the fact that they like bands with women in them because then other people know that they're woke. Yeah, yeah, I get what you when mean. When that's not necessary. Yeah. Like, getting hit with a, your set was sick is awesome because, yeah. because people always make the joke of like, hey, six set or whatever, you know, like good set. Like people <laughs> yeah. make that joke, but like, I love that it, because the other option for me is, you know, when you were setting up, I was kind of nervous because it was like a band with a girl in it. Like I didn't think it was going to be that good, but like you were actually really good for a girl. Yeah. Like that's my <laughs> yeah. other option and I hate it because I'm like, yeah. Why? I mean, I think, <laughs> I think going back to that London show, like I think, I, I did the whole six set thing. So I think like, I, so I know we're talking now, but like, if I was to see you at a show, like I'd be really shy and reserved mm. because like, I have this mentality of if you're in a band, I'm putting you on a pedestal, no matter how big or small your band yeah. is. Like, that's just what I do. And I remember I bought a long sleeve off, off you. And I think I literally went, that was rad. Thanks very much. And left. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. Like that is awesome. That is great. I love yeah, I like when people talk to me at shows and stuff and like, they're like, that was good. Cause that makes me like, oh my God, you know, we're, we're 20 hours away from home right now. Like flying, yeah, yeah, flying, we're that far away because of layovers. But like, you know, I'm like, this is like such a cool feeling. But yeah, when people start like, yeah, my girlfriend showed me to you because like she likes girls in bands. And I was like, no, I don't know. But like, you guys are actually really, like, yeah, just doing that shit. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and like, just because this has purely popped into my head because I know I'm going to give an example so it kind of backs up what I'm going to say and not going to make me sound like an idiot but like because you're a woman and I guess because of because of the video like Pete there's maybe a bit more focus on you now mm -hmm. like do you feel like you need to sort of like quote unquote try harder no. the reason I ask the reason I ask this is because so complete different genre in some aspects um, a friend uh, of mine, they're in a, a, like a sort of a doom sludgy band cool. and uh, the drummer is a woman. Yeah. And because of that genre in particular, that is like neckbeard territory yes, I was gonna say, that of, is of, of fans. Very out of 
the norm. Yeah. So she, whenever she plays, she rocks up, like she's had the. Do you need a hand setting up your drums? Yeah. She's, had, she's had. She's had all of it. Yeah. But she she plays in fucking like new rock boots and just shreds. And like every time, like I just take satisfaction looking at the audience of people like open mouthed because she's just completely slayed the drummers, like the male drummers who've probably been practicing in their mum's basements all their life sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you kind of have that attitude or do you just kind of think, fuck it, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm going to go at a hundred miles an hour because I'm just Nick. Yeah. I just, I'm, I play shows for me. Yeah. Like me talking about that stuff on stage wasn't for the people. Yeah. Need, yeah. I don't need to talk about that here. Like in Calgary. I'm about to sound like such a dickhead, but like, <laughs> we are the band that does the stuff. We are one of the few bands that does the stuff. Yeah. Like, all of our little babies, all of our little new little babies know that already because they've been around us. Yeah. Uh, so Evan, our dear Evan, um he is a genius and we have for a long time we didn't have any like young kids it was just like our friend group and like maybe 10 kids that were a little bit younger than us um so evan started doing these shows where it was five bucks and if you brought a friend to their first show they gone for free oh sick so now we have all these young kids coming to shows that like love hardcore like they know more than I yeah, yeah they've been going to shows for a year and a half and they know more than I. <laughs> they're awesome i love them um yeah, they're starting bands and stuff. Ah, oh, it's so exciting. But like, so they like their first hardcore shows like had us at them. Yeah. Well, they've kind of already had that like there's girls in bands. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they don't have the like old dude mentality of like. Yeah, yeah. No girls stand at the back holding the jackets. Like they don't have that at all. So I didn't feel like I needed to talk about that for them. And I like I did kind of take advantage of the fact that Sunny was there. Um, but I was, that was a me thing. I needed to do yeah. that for me a hundred percent. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was going to blow up. That wasn't the point of it. I made so many people upset. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that, I just needed to talk about it. Yeah. I, you know, cause the guys like, I've been told that like they deal with it almost more than I do because they'll hear people say stuff when I'm not around, not real. Oh shit. Not realizing that they're in the band. Right. Okay. So, like they deal with it maybe more than I do, and I'm, but they don't tell me because they know I'm gonna fucking lose my shit. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're they've got my back 100 percent on everything. Um, but you know, they've heard me do that rant a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. And at band practice, like over text message, like they've heard me fucking lose it about dumb dudes saying dumb shit um, all the time, and they're 100 percent there with me. But I wanted to like into a microphone <laughs> yeah. fucking everyone hear this because it made me feel better yeah yeah and that's kind of how i do every show that's cool yeah so yeah i don't know i don't feel like it's my job yeah to... i've had a couple people approach me saying that it's my job to talk about this and that on social media yeah this is being talked about why aren't you saying anything about it because it doesn't concern me honestly yeah so yeah i've had some people kind of be like well you have a platform barely we don't really <laughs> you have a platform you should use it and i'm like yeah i will for stuff that concerns me yeah i don't know that fucking kid 
if it was someone that was here, I'd be talking about it or whatever. I don't know. I'm probably going to make people mad about this. I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like the other thing I wanted to sort of touch upon is kind of that idea of sort of quote unquote having a platform, like not necessarily around the kind of sort of female conversation, just more broadly. Cause like, obviously from seeing you, like you do sort of talk during yeah, I'm a talker. Like when that. people tell me yeah. to talk more, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> but like, <laughs> from, I think because it, it's very much like a, a quote-unquote hardcore trope is to sort of like, the, the vocalist always like preaches between songs. I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, yeah. but like, because, like, I guess what, you, what you're saying there, like, if it's an issue that you feel passionate about and it's something you want to talk about, but like, is there an any element of like, I don't know, like kind of passing the mantle on to the younger generations, because I guess, like, as you were saying, like with the, the scene in Calgary, like not saying you're an elder states person, but because you've got these like young kids coming through, you've got people that maybe look up to you. Like, do you ever kind of consider that or is it just kind of spare the moment? This is what I want to talk about. Yeah. It's always just whatever I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I'm real tired. Yeah. I just like, ugh, just thank you so much for coming. Oh my God, we're from Calgary. I don't know, fucking opening bands. Blah, like, <laughs> yeah. so tired. I'm like, I don't know. I've been asleep until now. I don't know what to talk about. And then sometimes I'm like, this person was killed for this reason today. Fuck you. Like, I'm like losing my goddamn <laughs> mind. It just, yeah, it depends on how mad I am, how sad I am, what happened that day. Um, I kind of have like a default of shit I say between songs yeah that I just kind of stick to if I'm not yeah if I'm not pissed off about something or like I get more mad than normal then yeah I just kind of spew off the same shit every night yeah kind of go on. and then in terms of like again I don't want to make this sound like it's a tokenizing question but because like we hope to see more diversity and equality within any sort of music genre kind of thing. And because of your position in the band, have you been approached by like younger women and stuff like that, that have kind of discovered your band and sort of like had positive words to say and kind of maybe not necessarily gone off and started their own band, but kind of have taken what you've said and kind of told you that it's meant a lot to them because they maybe didn't feel comfortable listening to a white guy say it or something like that. Yeah, all the time. I have, and do you... um, I have men and women come to me about stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh, and like, you know, like, yeah, young kids that just like, I love your band. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, start one. Let's go. Like, do it. Just fucking do it. Stop telling me that you want to do it. Just do it. Um, a lot of younger girls asking me like, for tips on doing vocals and I'm like yeah you gotta look up a vocal coach or something I don't know what I'm doing I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking myself up like I am damaging my vocal cords do not do what I do watch videos I don't know um and then like girls that have been in bands for forever one of my best friends one of the first things that we talked about was she was like you just said everything that I've wanted to say for years you put it together in a way that makes sense you know, that's yeah. one of the first conversation she had, she was just like, this is sick. I love what you're saying. And I couldn't put that stuff into words myself. And I was like, duh, you've been in bands for so long. Like, <laughs> but, and then like, also like dudes coming up to me at shows, just being like, 
my girlfriend's too nervous to come talk to you, but like, she fucking loves your band and like, she never moshes. Like she's always just chilling at shows, but she was losing her mind for your whole set. And I'm like, who is it? And they like point her out and I'm like, she was fucking killing people the whole time. (laughs) So cool. And they're like, yeah, like she'd be embarrassed if she knew that I was telling you this, but I just wanted you to know, like, you're so important to her. That's cool. Shit like that, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I'm not even doing <laughs> anything. <laughs> That's cool. And then, so in terms of kind of like where sort of things are at the moment, obviously you, at the beginning of, well, no, it wasn't beginning of this year, earlier this year, mm-hmm. obviously did the reissue of, of sleep deprivation. So like, what was the kind of idea behind that? Like, was it just something that you guys kind of felt like you wanted to kind of give those, songs like fresher ears was it because you had the new stuff and didn't really know where it sat like where did that kind of whole idea come from uh so we're uh with isolation records out of germany yeah and uh pascal hit me up and was just like because the so the split songs aren't on um they we only got impressed on tapes okay they never got pressed onto anything like the with the judiciary split yeah so um those songs never never got pressed on anything and i i i I don't remember what we were talking about but i kind of mentioned like oh yeah also if you wanted one day for a b-side on a record we could put the split songs on because they never pressed onto vinyl um so he kind of hit me up one day and was like do you got you guys because we sold out of sleep deprivation like the first pressing that we did yeah sold out of them when we were over there last year um and I told him, I was like, yeah, we're out of them. So if you want to repress it, you guys can. I don't want to deal with that again. <laughs> yeah. Like He was like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Kind of. And then he messaged me earlier this year, just being like, hey, do you want to remix and master sleep deprivation? Like give it, like revamp it, new artwork, and then put the split songs on the other side. And I was like, yeah, sure. If you guys want to do it, let's do it. Like I'm not super picky you know so yeah maddie does all of our artwork she always has and she always will uh maddie from your clinic um yeah so i yeah she just redid the artwork for us our friend dan uh daniel colombo he remixed and mastered all of it he who he did say uh you're the gasoline as well yeah yeah so yeah we just kind of got everything off to everybody and they made it look all pretty and sound pretty and then redid it because that's like I don't know. So some people were kind of like, I know in some aspects it is a new record because it's sort of, as you say, it's got this like glossy finish on it now sort of thing. But like, has it felt like it's been like a whole new release for you guys? Uh, not for us. Cause we've been playing those songs for so long. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But so many people were messaging me being like, the new songs are so good. And I'm like, they're not new. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're really showing how long you've been listening to us if you think these are new. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I don't care. But yeah, it's just funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. For us, it just felt like a... We just re-released it, I guess. Yeah. Those songs were so long. And like, Sleep Deprivation <laughs> songs are the ones that, when I said we did Western Canada tours like four times in a year. Yeah. Um, and then we're playing local shows constantly. Like, we played those songs so many fucking times yeah <laughs> so for us it didn't feel like a new thing um yeah but yeah i don't know it was nice nice that's cool and you mentioned sort of like 
very early on in this conversation that kind of if you dig a little bit beneath the surface of, of what you're kind of talking about lyrically is kind of very personable and kind of surrounding issues of sort of like depression and, and mental health and things like that so like without kind of getting too deep into the background of, of that sort of things have you found like being in the bands and like I guess sort of like writing in general like from an early age has kind of helped you kind of I guess verbalize and visualize what that is for you if that makes sense yeah kind of it uh feels better to see it turn into something that's creative yeah you know? um yeah sleep deprivation and the split songs were sad yeah and then you were the gasoline was very angry <laughs> yeah and that felt better um yeah <laughs> it feels better to sing them so writing the writing all that stuff down feels really good if i'm having a bad mental day and then screaming about wanting to kill myself it doesn't always feel that good <laughs> sometimes I'm like, well, yeah. i feel better after and sometimes i'm like i need to go to bed um yeah sometimes it doesn't feel nice but all the time singing songs about being really fucking angry feels good yeah that gets that out doesn't matter if i'm having a good day or a bad day i feel great after um that's cool yeah i like that more that was a good <laughs> and like i guess it, i don't know if it's like a conscious effort or it's just again like the way that you're kind of have evolved as a person or kind of like maybe like the way that your mental health has kind of changed but as you say kind of like shifting from sad to angry kind of thing was that a conscious thing or was it just kind of where you were at the time and it felt natural uh yeah i was just angry when i wrote them <laughs> yeah. i was just pissed off when i wrote them um but it's because like also all of our songs sound like breakup songs none of them are about someone that i dated <laughs> Fair they're all about friends um yeah, it was just the what the people I was thinking about when I was like, I need to get this out of my head, blah. It wasn't someone that was like, I miss them. I was like, fuck this person. Like I was yeah, so yeah, yeah. angry. Um that yeah, it came out that way. And then also I wanted to write things that were easier to sing along to. Mm. Because I want the break of Yeah. You know the words. Please do it for me. Um I don't know. I just was trying to make them easier to grab onto. Yeah. I was still being honest with what I was writing, but I was just like, I'll take this really sad thing out that's going to make people just be like, huh, and <laughs> turn it into something that's angry. And then, yeah, when I was singing them at band practice, I was like, this feels awesome. I'm going to keep <laughs> doing this. So I just kind of tried every time I was pissed off, I'd be like, tick, 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 on my phone. <laughs> furiously typing. That's cool. Yeah. And then, Going back to kind of like something that you kind of mentioned earlier in terms of when Emma was on the Knocked Loose song and people were tagging you, but like in, I'm not comparing the two of you, but something that you've both done similarly is guest spots. Yeah. And obviously we've mentioned the one in Judiciary, but more recently you did the one with the Acacia Strain, which I think again is kind of opening you up to a new audience mm -hmm. and like for someone that's a fan of of yours like your voice is very distinctive that bit when you hit on that track is like fucking there's jess kind of thing. 
But like, again, how, how did that kind of come about? Because like, Acacia Strainer are like, quote unquote, a big band within the scene, yeah. and like, they like they're very much a band that, similar to Knock Loose, will elevate smaller bands. Mm-hmm. So was that like was that part of how that relationship kind came about? And kind of what was it like, kind of working with those guys? Um, so I was, we were on our way to England. Wait, where did we oh, fly okay. to? We flew into Amsterdam. So we were on yeah. our way to the Netherlands. But I was <laughs> laying on the floor, looking at my phone, and I get a message on Instagram, and it's Vincent. And I was like, Yeah. Huh? Like, what's on it? <laughs> Click on it and he was like hey we're uh writing our new record uh we really want you to sing on a song would you be interested and i was like <laughs> yeah i just like turned my phone jake was like what the fuck and i was like what is happening right now um yeah that blew my mind i used to love them didn't keep up yeah. with them for a long time but like if you told 14-year-old me that I was going to sing on a Keisha Strange song one day, I would tell you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking lying. Don't say that to me. So, yeah, that was crazy. That was nuts. Um, that was very exciting. I was like, yeah, are you kidding? Of course. Um, and then, yeah, they were super easy to work with. They just, like, sent me the song with Vincent singing on the whole thing and then like timestamps and the lyrics being like, <laughs> it was when I got the email being like, this is the part you do. I was expecting like a part. And yeah. then it was a whole song. And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, are you guys just going to pick the one that you like the most? And like, no, you're on the whole thing. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is a lot of pressure. Oh my God. And like, oh my God. I can't, that was hard for me to sing. Yeah. I sing fast. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm fucking firing words off at high speeds all the time. So that was uh, really different and challenging for me. Yeah. I don't know if I can sing in live. Did you enjoy it though? I loved it. Yeah. But it was hard. And I'm really hard on myself. If I don't do something right the first time, I'm... I just fall into a pit of like, oh, you're a fucking failure. You're stuck at everything. Like just immediate <laughs> spiral into just, you're the worst. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> so the first couple of takes, I was like, I can't do it. But I had my friend Steph there. She's amazing. And uh, Matt Roach, who recorded me, is very good at just being like, do it again. You got this. Like very good at motivating. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, once I got a handle of it i loved it yeah very easy they're so nice and they constantly are giving me praise for it still yeah and like because as i say like where they're a band that kind of are lifting up smaller bands have you seen any kind of like bounce back from like maybe their fans checking out mortality array or is that not something you're really paying attention to yeah a lot of people that like had no idea who we are that are so kind um and like i've and like a lot of reviews that have come up of being like what you know on this week's edition of blah 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 blah, we are featuring these bands listen mortality rate found them through the acacia strain song jess is fucking crazy like there's been a lot of that yeah really cool seeing that there's like a big platform of people that yeah definitely probably wouldn't have heard of us before 
Yeah. But yeah, also a little bit of an influx of people being like, girl in band. <laughs> Whoa. But that's fine. That comes with the territory. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and in just in terms of kind of like, I guess like the, the idea of guest spots, like it's, it's weird. I kind of found like, they kind of went through a phase like early 2000s it was like a really big thing yep. and then it didn't happen for ages and now it's kind of having like yep. a renaissance early 2000s are sense. coming back yeah oh my god we got guest spots we got gang vocals we've got static dress we've got cauldron <laughs> like this is i'm thriving right now this is amazing <laughs> but like in that aspect like it's the guest because uh, again because like I know your voice so like when I hear you on a guest spot it's like instantly irrecognizable for me but like is that an aspect that you you enjoy doing because it could like with the acacia strain stuff it could open your band up to more people is that kind of how you're approaching it or is it just oh this is a cool thing I can do no I just love I usually the acacia strain was uh the first band that I sang a part for that's not my friends right I usually stick to friends bands um it's just so much fun doing, yeah. <laughs> doing shit with your homies. Like just knowing that like you're going to see them live and get to walk out and be like, what's up? Like that's so fun <laughs> yeah. to me. And like, I want people doing that during our set. Like, I don't know. That's like one of my favorite parts of hardcore shows is guest spots because people freak the fuck out. Like, yeah. that's so exciting when you see someone come out and just rip apart. Like, oh my God, I don't know. I love it. And especially yeah. with their friends. It's just, yeah, it's like the, a big thing about hardcore for me is like the family vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know? I know, I get that. Yeah, like same with like, especially like people who are straight edge and stuff. Like there's that connection. Yeah. And I, th I think like going back to like with the sort of, as you say, when someone's kind of got that guest spot sort of moment, like it's... I wouldn't say like a, a call to arms. That's maybe not the right thing. But like, if if you're a fan and you know that bit's coming, it's like you instantly get like pent up and you're like, oh yeah, oh shit. Oh, people get worked up. Like every time I see a video of judiciary playing, and they always yeah, yeah like yeah. they always make sure it's a friend of like mine as well that does my part, and I just yeah cry. Like it just makes me so like oh my god. Like I get so excited, and yet you see people just like swarming. I feel yeah. yeah I sound like such a I'm so cool that's not what I'm trying to do like <laughs> it's really cool seeing people be excited about that part yeah 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 because it's mine you know um and like same with uh the cauldron one that I did yeah yeah from their release show um my friend sang it and she messaged me before being like I'm so excited to do it and I was just like fuck yeah <laughs> like I love that you're singing it yeah, I don't know. It just That's cool. kind of gives you like that connection to everybody, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I never want to do a part on a song in order to like gain attention. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, and just like, with the occasion strain, I definitely was like, I'm a fucking idiot if I say no to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like, I think just on like a, a grander scale, I think like just going back to the, the whole guest spot thing, I think the, the song of the Ulmer guest spots is obviously Bane calling hours and when they obviously did that in the, on the last show like just seeing all those people that actually recorded the song like okay I wasn't there but I managed to watch it thanks to Sonny and Hate Five Six okay. like and like just like seeing like Pat, Walter, Reba like all doing their bits it's just like 
This is fucking incredible. It's, it's so cool when you get to see the actual person do the part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It that might be my favorite thing. Like that might make me feel the most amped up during a set is when it's the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's so exciting for me. I love it. That's cool. Well, I've taken up way too much of your time, so I'm going to start winding things down. <laughs> but obviously, in terms of like, at the moment, nobody knows what the fuck's going on with, with life. But like, what's kind of what's Halley Rate doing at the moment? Are you kind of writing new stuff? Are you just kind of putting things on hold until we have a clearer picture of what the future holds? Where are you at at the moment? No, we've been writing a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've been writing. Uh this whole time we don't really rush anything i don't like rushing stuff i think that people don't perform their best uh when they're rushing yeah yeah so yeah we're, we've been writing but like obviously we can't practice in person all the yeah, time yeah. um and we are planning a tour for next year that's cool but that, that was going to be my next thing is like have you have tentative tour plans been discussed but clearly they have so that we were supposed to do a tour this year and yeah it just got moved over to next year right okay that's cool um yeah we're writing but no like there's no like we're gonna have music out by this day because i don't i don't do deadlines yeah if there's yeah. a product that's finished then dates start being talked about but until then there's no point in figuring out times for me but yeah we've, we've been writing we're planning on touring next year if we can yeah, not that's cool. And you mentioned very early on in this conversation, there's there's a new band. Is this something that we can check out or is it still very much embryonic uh, stages? It's getting mixed right now. Okay. So hopefully it'll be out soon. Um, it's a vegan straight edge band. I'm sold already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, me and um, Coulter from Serration. Okay. Yeah, it's just us writing all of it. Um, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Um, so as soon as you said vegan straight edge, I'm I'm sold. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's all the stuff that I can't. I could sing about it in mortality rate, but I don't feel right because not everyone is straight edge, and I'm the only vegan one. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's all the stuff that I can't say in that, but like also more angry. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I very much look forward to to hearing that one. It, Hopefully, it'll it be out soon. Hopefully as soon as possible because i'm really excited about it awesome perfect right jess how i usually like to end these is uh to ask my guests what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist and you might have to dig deep in your brain because shows haven't happened for a while but what's your favorite mortality song that you like to play live and why favorite mortality rate song to play yeah oh this is a hard question that's why I always end on it. <laughs> Can I give two? Oh, go on then. Or do you just want one? No, we'll go two. Uh, oh God, I don't know. Now there's three. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were the gasoline is my favorite. Yeah. Because I love yelling that shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a very valid reason. The hatred that I feel towards the person that that song is about, it feels so good. 
to be loud as fuck about it. Yeah, that's my that's my yeah. favorite song. Perfect. Brilliant. Jess, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, hopefully we have you back here in the UK a lot sooner rather than later. And I'm super stoked to hear this vegan straight edge band as well. I hope you like it. Perfect. Thank you very much, Jess. Thank you. Have a good day. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thanks to Jess for having a chat with me and trusting me to do this interview. And I think, yeah, I think we got on really well. Like it seemed we like had a lot in common, which which is really cool. So I really enjoyed this little chat with Jess. Um, as always, if you want to keep up to date with what Mortality Rate are doing, you can do so on all their various pl- uh, social media platforms, which, as always, we will put um, the links in the show notes. And also really looking forward to this new band that she's a part of. So hopefully we'll be seeing that in the very near future. Um, That's pretty much it for this week. As always, whether this is your first time checking on the show or the 163rd time, please rate, subscribe, review wherever you listen to your podcasts on. It really, really does help us. Um, But for now, thank you for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast and I'll see you soon. (laughs) 